Hi, I didn't see you there. Hi, I didn't see you there. Hello there, stranger. Hello. We are we are back talking about the movie Memories of Murder, directed by Bong Joon-ho, famously known for Parasites, as well as uh, the host, Mother um, Snowpiercer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of other movies. But um, Memories of Murder was uh, definitely one of the movies he's made. Uh, I, I never meant to, I never asked you, uh, why did you want to watch this movie specifically at first? Um, no specific reason. I just knew that there was a, the dad from Parasite was in it. And I really liked the performance in Parasite. And I've also heard he's really good in like, um, I believe the host and Taxi Driver and another movie that I can't remember mm. right isn't, off the isn't... top of my head. But, um, because isn't he like a really famous, um, like actor in Korea? Yeah, like super famous, right? Heck yeah, I don't know what he would be the equivalent to here, but he's uh definitely well known and he's well known now here too because of Parasite. Um, mm-hmm. I just wanted to get your first, well, maybe we should probably do like a summary. I, I noticed we didn't do a summary last time because I know I was like, oh, let's get into it. But we can probably just do like a really quick and dirty like summary, like two or three sentences. Like what? Well, how would you summarize the movie? Um, you want me to start? You want me to try it? I can. I can just read off the letterbox summary because it's long. <laughs> no, I, I. I was gonna try to do my own like take oh, on it. Yeah, maybe. go for it then. Um, I think my version of it would be something like. It's like the South Korean version of Zodiac. The South Korean version of Zodiac. That's pretty much it. That's <laughs> that's my summary of it. Because it's like the three detectives trying to find like a serial killer, and uh, it was supposed to be, it was supposed to be the very first, I guess, real serial murder case in South Korea. Because it's based off of a true story. Yeah, in that area. Mm-hmm. So, yeah crazy stuff <laughs> um first impressions of the movie i guess we should go into that what were your uh, impressions after watching the movie so i saw it on hulu and i just pressed play and then i saw that it was two hours long i was like oh boy <laughs> well, we'll see how this goes but right away i really like the tone it set from the filter ingredients they used it was all like muddy mostly like like a brown tint that they were using. And there wasn't like an obvious soundtrack. If There was music at times, but mostly focused on just like the person walking and doing their work. And I really appreciated that. It made it feel more realistic. Like a very natural way of doing mm-hmm. things. And I was going to comment on the music too. Like there, there isn't much music. I agree. But when there is, it's, it's really nice. Mm-hmm. The very first song they blast is, uh, it feels like somehow nostalgic, but still very like, I don't know. I can't explain the feeling. Um, yeah, when I first was watching, I watched it on a, a Prime Video. <laughs> and I got like the uh, promotional like $2, so I just like rented it. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, s- same as you. I was like, oh man, it's two hours long. Like, oh man. And even throughout like the first hour, I kind of thought it was sort of a 
like uneventful sort of detective like crime movie i guess mm-hmm. and it was like a really slow like really really slow movie but i think it does pick up pace um by like the second or third suspect that they catch it really picks up like a lot and you're starting to solve the pieces a little bit together mm-hmm. which i quite enjoy near the end i think i wrote a bunch of notes down actually while i was writing it i don't know if you do that do you like write notes when you watch movies um a lot of times yes for this podcast but for this one full disclosure i finished watching it like at two like today yeah so <laughs> oh, the okay. last three hours i was just letting it soak in and marry oh okay but gotcha. i am prepared to talk about it don't worry okay for sure yeah i think but i um, am interested to hear how long when did you watch it again i watched it yesterday oh yesterday so like um like around the same time around two o'clock i watched it Ooh. and i also let us i guess i let us sink it for like a whole day but uh yeah i have some of the i have some of my notes right here so first note i said was great music obviously second note i did was corrupt slash incompetent cops and uh <laughs> yeah that's pretty much like in the very beginning when they're um was it the crime scene is like totally like whatever right like people are just sh- uh stepping and shitting everywhere yeah and they're like recreating evidence like they had to take the footprint and then recreate it and i was like oh shit this is like yeah like that i don't even think that was the same footprint i think he just like kind of planted it there mm-hmm, exactly he being the main character i can't pronounce his name i think his name is Park. are you talking about the dad from paris oh yeah the detective park yeah yeah and think, yeah detective park yeah and they just torture and try and get a confession whether it's accurate or not from their victor from their uh suspects mm. like just completely the wrong way of doing like criminal yeah, justice very much the the wrong way and you wonder how they became detectives <laughs> um because i think Small one of my town. notes one of my notes was after blatant abuse of like the the kid like the first suspect i said i saw uh, one of the detectives said i took four years in ninth grade yeah, I saw that. And I was too. like, "What the fuck? Not four years? How'd you become a detective?" It was it was a guy that I always kicked, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. When the when the soul detective and Park first meet, and he like fucking drop kick, kicks the dude. Oh yeah, dude, that was so funny. That I don't threw know. me off. There was like three or four drop kicks in this movie. They were yeah. so cool. Every single one was so cool. I don't know. And I heard. Um, I think I looked it up later. I think that was unplanned. Oh really? So that, that was a real ass reaction from like the uh, the actor. That was oh like, gosh. oh shit, he fucking drop kicked me. Um, I was thinking when they were um doing this like corrupt investigative stuff, right? It mm-hmm. reminds me of something that you said about One Piece. Stay with me. It's, it reminds me of something what you said about One Piece with conspiracy theories. How the theorist will take like a little thing and then try to make a whole theory oh, yeah. out of it without evidence. It's mm-hmm. essentially what these cops were doing. They they think they got the guy, and they really try to just create a story around it. Mm-hmm. And like they plan, like what do you say? They plant evidence. They torture the guy. Um, they keep saying like, "Oh, you did it, didn't you?" Like the way they question the guy is super like blatant. Like, so why'd mm-hmm. you kill him? It's like it's not the way of doing things at all, or it's just so blatantly it's not smooth. I guess. Mm-hmm. And they do like the good cop, bad cop thing, but to like a way extreme, like 
like fucking drop kicking the guy or kicking the guy. Yeah, poor guy. Yeah, I, um, I felt so bad. The only piece of evidence for the first guy was the the shoe, right? Yeah, the shoe, and then later on the confession in the woods, the quote unquote confession in the woods. Mm-hmm. Oh, to call them, but yeah, the the footprint itself was recreated, and they were just like trying to make it fit. Mm-hmm. I was like, uh. it's like pseudo evidence, yeah. And then what's his name? Um, the detective from Seoul came after, like in the middle of that one, right? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like during it. Yeah. Speaking of him, I really liked each of these three characters go through a complete like growth in their character. They do. I noticed that too. It's crazy. Like the skipping a bit, the detective from Seoul, he just keeps getting frustrated and frustrated. They like realistically and understandably why. Like um that one girl that helped him when um he went to the school mm-hmm. was a victim mm-hmm. and because he fell asleep while he was um tailing the suspect, he feels that it's on him. So all that frustration um leads to the very like uh final act of the um at the tunnel scene, right? Yeah, yeah. And whereas he was judging the first two detectives in the beginning for beating and basically taking out their own frustrations on the victim, he was doing the same thing. And then Detective Park, when he got there, he was like, no, don't kill them. Don't go too far, which is with respect to his arc. Mm-hmm. And, well, the guy who kicks, I don't know if you noticed, he was always using his right foot. Ah. Every single cake he threw was his right foot. That little sleeve that he put over his shoe, it was on his right foot, which mm-hmm. was the foot that... um got tetanus and it had to be amputated mm-hmm. his right foot yeah it's kind of like taking away that power mm-hmm. or like without it he's like essentially in that and it's kind of funny that you don't really even see him after his leg gets amputated yeah you don't see him that's that's it like his his role in the movie is done like mm-hmm. once his power is taken away from him he's not essential to the movie anymore mm-hmm. super haunting i was gonna say they i I loved how they did the second suspect like super well. It wasn't the um, it wasn't the kid. It was the second one. Mm-hmm. When he puts on that that sleeve on his shoe, <clears throat> I love how you can just kind of just put two and two together. Like you don't even need to show the scene again. Like once you put on that shoe sleeve, like you already know they're gonna torture him mm-hmm. the same way. Like right away. I'm like, oh, okay. Like you thought they were getting somewhere and they were about to like do like the interrogation correctly because with the soul detective, mm-hmm. but they end up reverting back to what they used to do. I just thought that was a really nice touch. I did you know what was happening with like so with Detective Park there's this theme of oh I have eyes that can like kind of sense these kind of things like shaman eyes. Mm-hmm. Um and then at the very end of the movie, um, when he goes to check the um because I think I read this and I saw like the interpretation of this, when he I don't know if the entire idea of like his shaman eyes kind of leading up to the final act was that like that was supposed to be like the final punchline where he checks for the girl in the or where the body used to be from the beginning mm-hmm. of the movie. The girl comes up and says, oh, what are you doing there? 
blah 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 i used to come here there was like a um there was like a body here that was wanting to investigate and then the girl says oh there was another guy that came over here earlier that did the same thing and he wanted to look and he asked like oh what did he look like and she said oh it's just some plain ordinary guy then he looks into like the camera like the four like breaking the fourth wall essentially Mm -hmm. and then like scans the audience sort of in a sense like trying to find Mm -hmm. the killer but maybe he can never find it which i thought it was like super interesting kind of like implying that the a killer like that can be anyone like Mm -hmm. like a wolf dressed in sheep's clothing just Mm -hmm. a regular everyday normal guy Mm -hmm. and yeah the way that he looked into the camera quote-unquote scanning the audience seeing who's the who would be the suspect, I guess, or the actual killer? Yeah, because you never know. Because I think by the time they were they filmed that movie, the case was still unsolved. So I think it was also kind of like a message as well to like if the murderer was watching the movie, like it's kind of like haunting to have like a movie directly be towards you. What else did I write down in my notes? <laughs> <laughs> I wrote down. After the conspiracy theorist note, I wrote down ball down there to monk theory, where <laughs> <laughs> where um it's like another conspiracy theorist thing where it's like, oh, there's no like pubic hairs at the scene, so he must be bald down there. You know, monks shave their penises, so we should probably check the monastery next door. Again, like going to somewhere mm-hmm. that's not even I don't know. Speaking of shout outs to uh Officer Kwan, the lady. Oh yeah, she was doing really good. She was she was caring. She was caring. She yeah, basically she figured out like that the music, like the music indicator, was like part of the part of the whole reason why the killer like killed. Yeah, it was a huge went. connection. Mm. I think that was like another thing in the movie too. Like they weirdly, or at least I guess in the eighties, I guess he was trying to portray the sort of like dissonance of like gender inequality because i think when after she said that one of the detectives was like huh that's a good story huh you're so funny get back to go give me a coffee yeah Yeah. it's something like the park actually hands her like a cup of coffee like an empty cup for like basically signifying that he wants more coffee from her and that's Mm -hmm. what they see her as yeah just like a coffee more of an office person rather than actual like uh co-worker detective yeah exactly Mm -hmm. just crazy it's crazy how he like how the director gets these like little subtleties. I guess that's why it's in the the Criterion collection too. I forgot how good Bong Joon Ho was at um setting up certain things and having them pay off at the end. Mm-hmm. So um, for instance, when Detective Park, no, the the from uh, Seoul. Mm-hmm. When he fell asleep, uh, when he let the suspect go, mm-hmm. there was only like two reasons, right? Mm-hmm. Why he let him go? Because he fell off, fell asleep at the wheel, and because the car was broken down. Yeah. And then previous scene throughout the movie, you can see that happening. You can see how the car broke down because they were pushing it, and then you could also see when he was in the uh, office. He was looking at um old photos and evidence and stuff. 
and he was like nodding off, going yeah. like falling asleep. Mm-hmm. And even in the scene right before he like actually falls asleep, you can see him dozing off too. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Same thing with um the very first suspect. Who the when they go to his house, the dad goes, Oh, he's always falling asleep in like random places. Mm-hmm. And he was asleep in the hay bin. Ah, Stack of hay. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, okay, okay. Man. Yeah. That's good. I didn't even realize I didn't I obviously it's like I know it's the same person, like the same director. And he's like a lot more like refined in Parasite, which was released in like 2019. But I didn't mm-hmm. think since like the 16 years since then, it would kind of be like sort of the same craft. But I guess it was like he. No, really. Like, he's never really lost it. He's only like ever refined it or made it, I guess, a lot more entertaining or accessible, like as in Parasite. But I mm-hmm. think in Memories of Murder, it is a little bit harder to catch those things because I didn't catch those. Um, Maybe you just have to rewatch it again, honestly. Like, or other directors may um just put that scene where he fell asleep at the wheel and the car didn't turn on. Mm-hmm. Just overly, he set it up for that to logically occur. Yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, that's such good foresight on his end. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't feel like, why would he fall asleep? Or like, why is this guy like, it doesn't feel, I guess it doesn't feel dissonant then. Mm-hmm. Like. Oh, I guess he just randomly fell asleep. No, it it actually gets set up, yeah. Um, it's not just plot armor. Yeah, exactly. It's not <laughs> just plot armor. Man. But I yeah, the character development in like all the detectives I I really liked, uh, especially at the end with the soul detective, um when they get the the documents back from America about how the DNA doesn't match that of the final suspect and then throughout the entire movie he says oh documents don't lie documents don't lie mm-hmm. and then final he said this document is a goddamn lie it's mm-hmm. this guy i know it for sure and i was like bro like it just felt like it was gonna pay off and it did i guess that's what we were talking about like mm-hmm. all these things are just accumulated to like pay off I feel so like I... oh go for oh, it go on uh, i was gonna say so what do you think the purpose of this movie was to show? Like, what's the big takeaway? Because we don't really get, like, an ending where he could have made just a rant, like a regular film that has an evil villain and these cops who are all different combined forces and take on the big bad. We don't get the ending of, like, a nice conclusion to them taking on the big bad. Mm-hmm. So... Without that, what do you think the conclusion in reality is? Well, or, yeah, the big takeaway. I guess my to answer that um, that point that you made, I think the whole idea was kind of similar to how Zodiac was, where um, since it was based on a true story, they didn't want to kind of just make up a random person to catch. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Zodiac kind of, I think Zodiac did follow this movie as well. So, um, and then it did the same thing because I think you want to also just kind of like make sure like the events aren't, I don't know, misaligned or that you're trying to have closure for like the victims of the people who were affected. Um, but besides that, I think the main takeaway would, I don't know, would probably be that I guess 
like the system is fucked, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Um, I read like a little bit of context for this movie. And I think this was when he uh, meant to film it in this time period, like around like the 1980s. Mm-hmm. It was something to do with like, like mid war of like um, revolution, the revolution in Korea. Um, Cause we did have that one scene when they were like, where there was tanks and people were throwing yeah. shit at each other. And, and even, again, he was kicking. Yeah. And then every night, um, like they would have to turn off their lights because it's like a state of emergency drill mm-hmm. or something. Um, I think it was just more of just kind of getting the feel of that era, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of weird that you have to have like context for a movie, but I think it makes the movie a lot more enhanced that way. Like, for another example, I, I would say, I'm deviating a little bit, but, like, in Akira, I believe, if you go into that movie without knowing about, like, Hiroshima and, like, the entire disaster of Japan and how they kind of came up from all that, I feel like the movie is a little bit less impactful that way. Um, I don't know. I think, I just think he wanted to make, like, a really interesting crime story, and I guess he did do that, although I'm kind of bastardizing and simplifying it in like a way <laughs> where <laughs> i kind of really can't come up with anything um but did you have an idea yeah um one? the biggest takeaway was when i realized like how much better they were at working together rather than working individually yeah because um well first of all when kwan stepped in and they were all like the chief uh the detective from soul and um who else kwan Mm-hmm. They were all talking, and then kind of like the, the the park was just left like, but what about my idea? And then he went, he did his own thing, which inevitably led to nothing. Meanwhile, everybody else was um doing work. Um, and I believe was that when they got their second no, while they were all working on their own thing, the second um murder happened. Correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So while they're not working together. They're just letting officers or victims die. Essentially, yeah. So, but on the other hand, when they all just, like, happen to go to the scene of the crime, and then they found that guy, they found that guy who was ejaculating onto just women's lingerie. Mm-hmm. And they all kind of work together to kind of get to him. Because even that guy who only kicks, who just does nothing but violence. Mm-hmm. He was the one who could figure it out. Hey, there's dogs barking in this direction. Mm-hmm. He got on the high ground and he pointed him out. Yeah, yeah. And then when um when they got to the factory, it was the this... the park who was able to scope out like, oh, it's that guy. Mm-hmm. Through um okay, so here's the thing. When he scoped him out, he obviously saw the indoor first. Mm-hmm. So when he's like, when he tells his coworker to gather them up and line them up, mm-hmm. he knows who it is already. Yeah. So why does he put on the show? Like, look me in the eyes. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's definitely him. And they have him like, oh, wow, he's wearing an underwear. How do you know? But I'm like, he saw his underwear. I guess Unless I missed something. I guess it's just to not create like chaos. Like if they just kind of did the same thing they would do. Uh, he would just run. I think they would just give chase again. But since it was kind of like, oh, gather these people around so that there's no way that the killer could run or it'd be really sus. 
that, that was kind of my idea of it. It was a bit dramatic for him to be like, look him in the eye. <laughs> I think, I think that's also still part of like the shaman eyes thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Another thing real quick. I really want to, ah, it's a scheme in my head. Hold on. I, they just work so well when they're working together as opposed to when they're not. Cause another example of a victim dying, which is probably the catalyst for the, Zeta from Seoul mm-hmm. was he was telling the chief over and over and over again, like, hey, even though we have to just wait, we can't let him out of our sights. Mm-hmm. If he is a guy, he is very smart and he's strategic. And if he has a chance, he's gonna let it he's gonna, you know, do something about it. Mm-hmm. And then the chief kind of just waves it off. He's like, uh, oh, whatever, we'll just wait for paperwork. Yeah. And uh that inevitably leads, unfortunately, leads to the murder of a high school girl. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that one was a lot more impactful than all the other ones. Yeah. Because, well, everybody else, I believe, was over the age of 20. Yeah. And this was a high school student. Mm-hmm. Like, even when they got to the um the murder scene, everybody was just in black and just looking somber, as opposed to the first murder scene where people were just, like, running amok. Mm-hmm. To conclude, I think my biggest takeaway was how even, especially in, like, small town um, provinces, mm-hmm. it's so beneficial for the community to work together. Yeah. And individuals to work together as opposed to um, like weird. working on your own, fighting yeah. your own thing. Mm-hmm. Because, again, during the revolution, we should be really knowledgeable about that. But it's mostly the fact that in order to achieve a greater purpose, work together, or else uh, innocent victims are just going to be left to be taken away. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that takeaway more than mine. Or <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wow, everybody should work together. Crime I'm out of points. Those are my only two <laughs> points I had. And I was like, yeah, I'd like this like really cool crime scene movie because <laughs> I like Fincher. Um <laughs> Yeah, I think my um, I have like a few um, scraps of uh, or I, I guess I have only one more scrap of uh, trivia for you uh, for the killer when they film like whenever the killer was on screen or like on screen. Right. But you didn't see his face. Mm-hmm. Apparently, they filmed different guys as the killers. So you can never really distinct like his actual features. And I think the third suspect was also like in rotation of these actors as well really yeah but i think it was just like kind of give people that sense of like is it this guy or is it this Mm -hmm. guy but they can't really pinpoint it down it's because they keep kind of like um have you seen american psycho i haven't there's a scene where willem dafoe is talking to christian bale Mm -hmm. and they did that scene i believe two times same way and the director was like okay well um, so you are gonna talk to him as if you know he's a murderer oh, or you highly sense. suspect uh-huh. and then you're gonna do another take where you don't know anything like you don't suspect him at all mm-hmm. and then they intersliced those um two takes to make a new one where even the audience would be like uh, does he know does he not know it's hard to tell yeah 
I even went back in this movie to see if like the suspect at the end looked like the guy that came out of the um the hill mm-hmm. when that girl was being chased and she tried to run towards the uh, factory yeah. or mining place. Uh-huh. Yeah, I couldn't really tell them. Can't really tell I the like, face. Uh, I, yeah, it's yeah. blurry. Yeah. Which last point was? Do you think there was more than one killer? Man, I'm not sure. Um, or if you're talking about reality, what are you talking about? Like the actual case? Well, okay. So when she's running, is she running away, or um, is she running towards the factory? I think she's trying to run towards the factory to run away. Mm-hmm. But and I she's walking she... towards the factory already, right? Yeah. And then she hears the whistling from the back. Mm-hmm. So she runs straight towards the factory, mm-hmm. and then when the guy comes out, it's from the front. Yeah. So you think there so are like two people in cahoots? Unless he sprints past her, yeah. hides, and then lunges at her. That's what I thought. Because like, why otherwise would you whistle? It's kind of like weird to give yourself away like that, mm-hmm. in a sense. But yeah. Also, that scene. I don't know if you noticed when she was looking around. She. I saw like the head pop yeah. up. Holy shit. I was like, I was on edge. I saw like the head pop up and then go back down. Like in, yeah, you've seen Hereditary. Right? Did we see it together? I no, I, I haven't. Oh, you haven't? No. Never mind. There's like you a. You have told me to watch it though. There's like a scene similar to that where like if you don't notice it, like right, like if, if you're like uh, not an observant person or you don't see it, there's like something like in the background. You're like, oh shit! It's same same effect, I guess. But um, yeah. Um, when you're talking to me about like uh, community, I guess it. I guess I guess we both like this movie. Well, first of all, yeah. Let's let's talk about that. I guess we both like this movie a lot. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I highly recommend. I'm probably gonna watch it again. Um, not Ooh. right away, but like <laughs> probably in my own time uh, <laughs> down the road. Because yeah, it's it's um. It's a slow burn, but it's also kind of like intense at times too. But yeah, if you made it this part and you haven't watched it, I definitely give it a watch. Um, even though we kind of mostly spoiled it, but I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Because I mean, you can't really ever like spoil a movie because there's like so many good shots that we haven't even talked about. Like, um, mm-hmm. like when they caught the third guy and they're all like staring at him, like in one side, or like, um when Quan got kicked by the chief and he's like down the stairs and he's like, don't ever go back to the investigation room again. Like you, you, you almost mm, fucked this up and he doesn't, but then you just see that shot of him like way down the stairs and the camera's like way up here. Kind of like a mm-hmm. fall from grace sort of mm-hmm. shot. Um, but yeah, you can't, you can't spoil things like that on a podcast. So I highly recommend if you haven't watched it. Um, but anyway, when I when you were talking about like community and stuff, um, I don't know if you ever seen this one documentary slash film called. Um, it was something about. Uh, it's something about a a young girl who was like a pageant, like girl, that was murdered, um, and people thought it was like her parents or like some other dude or something, but it took place in this small town. And um, this documentary essentially gathered all the people of the town like years later to kind of reenact um, like, I guess, the entire situation, but then have like documentary bits of like, oh, did you think she got murdered by her parents or do you think she got murdered by like 
a different guy or a pedophile or whatever. Oh, casting mm-hmm. casting John Benet. That's what it's called. Casting John Benet. J O N B E N E T. I think it's on Netflix. But I just thought it was like kind of like a chilling documentary. But when you were talking to me about like the community coming together, I think I thought about the same thing where it's like all these people came together to try to like sort of get through that grief and try to make reason of why heinous crimes like this even exist, I guess. Mm -hmm. That reminded me of that. But also Willem Dafoe was great. (laughs) I know, I know, I know that's like a weird like thing to stem off for, but Willem Dafoe was great. I don't know if you saw, but I also watched um, Grand Budapest Hotel like very recently. Oh, really? Yeah, again. Because I watched it before, um, but I watched it again. Uh, it's so great. And I, I know he's in that movie, and he's like, oh, my God. <laughs> he's so funny. We should probably watch a Willem Dafoe movie. <laughs> I just, Willem Dafoe? I just love him. We're going to watch uh, Death Note, the live action remake. Oh, please. <laughs> I forget he's in that movie. He's Ryuk. He's the best part of that movie, unironically. <laughs> I hear they're remaking it again. I think. Again? With the Stranger Things directors. Death Note live action series coming from Stranger Things creators. The Duffer Bros? Yeah. <sighs> are, are you in the Stranger Things real quick? Um, You know, I... I, I kind of fell off <laughs> like <laughs> when I waited too long. I was like, I'm not really interested anymore. Um, if you want to spoil stuff, you can. I, I kind of don't really care at this point. Oh, no, I was just going to wonder, like, if you liked it or not. Because I didn't really like it at the end. Oh, really? Like, season one and two were really good. Uh-huh. Season three and four were like, eh, I didn't I didn't really care. They were really good characters, but they just weren't there long enough. Yeah, I think the Because magic- they died. I was like sort of kind of into three until like later when I looked back on it and I was like, eh, it kind of really wasn't my vibe, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't even bother like looking into this one like at all. Um, I don't know. I just see the memes <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Uh, but I think that's that's about it. That's Memories of Murder. Good film. Good director. Um, great director great director you heard it here first you won't <laughs> hear this anywhere else totally original uh, valid opinions um, everybody else says this movie is trash but we're the only ones in the film industry that think this movie is good so, <laughs> only ones only ones you heard it here first um, stay tuned for the next episode I don't even know what we're gonna do I thought we, I think we're gonna do maybe like a hot takes episode or we might just like do our hot takes about because anything. most of the podcasts are me and Micah agreeing a movie's good or agreeing that movie's bad. So yeah. I want to try and find one more we just butt heads. Yeah, you. I know you mentioned Thor. Mm-hmm. Are you talk when you said Thor? Do you mean like the newest movie that came out? Then, or? Yeah, that's what I was suggesting. Okay, just because the newest one is I I think always going to be the most objective. Yeah. Because nobody's going to have a set opinion to or enough time to let it sit. Mm-hmm. Kind of like how Thor 1, when it first came out, people just 
for the most part, just thought it was mediocre or average. Mm -hmm. But looking back now, after so many years, you're like, you know what? That was a really good film. Mm -hmm. I'll be honest with you. I I'm already I've been primed by like online where a lot of people are already kind of like it's mediocre like the newest film so I'm kind of like I kind of don't want to watch it <laughs> Loki or like I don't know maybe I will um but it's also not really a movie that I was gonna watch anyway Ooh, low-key I don't know I just kind of drama do. alert drama nation <laughs> yeah I, I um we stand with Martin Scorsese <laughs> Marvel kill cinema. I, I, I did. I don't know. I, I really wasn't gonna watch like the newest story just because like I, I just kind of been falling off of Marvel in general. Um, mm-hmm. Like the only interesting like Phase Four movie I think is like uh, Shang Chi. To be honest, mm-hmm. um, even Spider Man I know is kind of like a like a fan servicey movie, and I recognize that. Um, and then besides that, I can't really think of any other Marvel movies. I, I didn't see Doctor Strange. I didn't see Eternals. You told me Eternals was shit. Oh, two and a half hours of dog shit. <laughs> Yo, um, I'll take episodes. We're going to review all the Marvel Phase 4 movies. Oh, God. Yo. And it's just going to be me explaining the pop plots and Mike reacting to them. Yeah, just me even like, mm-hmm. <gasps> it just, oh, no. Oh, yes. <laughs> we're just going to be shitting on Marvel next episode. It's possible. Yeah. So, I guess look forward to that. <laughs> Alrighty. Signing off is Mike and Eric. Memories All of Murder. Alright. 2003, directed by Bong Joon-ho. Alright, and... Cut. Cut. Bye. <laughs> cut. <laughs>